I'm Tavis Smiley, and I'm glad to have you tuned into our program today. Uh, we are in hour two uh, of uh, what's going to be three great hours. The first hour was amazing today, and I uh, look forward to an amazing conversation in this hour uh, as we push toward our final hour um, today as well. So, uh, in this hour, uh, I read a piece not, not long ago uh, in the New York Times, as I recall. Uh, it was a pretty lengthy piece, but it was titled America's Black Cemeteries and Three Women Trying to Save Them. Obviously, a headline like that grabs my attention, America's black cemeteries and three women trying to save them. The article spotlighted the efforts of three women in Georgia, Texas, and Washington, D.C., who are, who are engaged in the preservation of African-American burial grounds. Each has a uniquely different story, and I think the way I, I want to move through this hour is to talk to them one at a time, at least initially, uh, to get their particular stories uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll take it from there and see if we can't weave something together here. But I want to just give each of them some some time and space. And that's why it's great to have a full hour uh, to give them all an opportunity uh, to express themselves in their own way. And hear their uniquely different stories about what they're doing in, uh, as Al Roker might say, in their neck of the woods um, to preserve these um, sacred black burial grounds. Um, joined by three persons in this hour. Y- Yamona Pierce is the founder of the Hamilton Hood Foundation. Lisa Fager uh, is with the Black Georgetown Foundation, Inc. I'll let you guess what city she's from, Black Georgetown Foundation. Let's figure that out. Uh, Margo Williams is founding president uh, of Descendants of uh, Olivewood, Inc. Uh, And uh, we'll meet all three of them as we move through this hour. Let me start, though, with Yamona Pierce. Yamona, how are you today? Hi, Tavis. I'm well, and thank you so much for having me today. It's an honor to be here with you. It's a great honor to have you on this program. Let me start by thanking you for your work and witness and uh, your efforts to save and preserve these historic and sacred black burial grounds. As I say, each of you has um, a different story, uh, and the New York Times sort of weaved all these things together, but let me just uh, take them one one step at a time here. So g- give me your story. Um, t- tell me, again, you got time, so just take the microphone, give me your story, and tell me about your 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 role uh, in saving, protecting, preserving these black burial grounds in, in, in your neighborhood. Sure. Well, um, you know, as you know, my story began um, with um, a genealogy research and me wanting to know more about my family's history, mm-hmm. where we came from. As you know, everyone has a, has a story. And so after 20 plus years of doing genealogy research, um, my family and I decided to shift our focus from the genealogy tree and um, to start focusing on some of the historical places that were significant to our family mm-hmm. in which we discovered doing the genealogy research. Pierce Chapel African Cemetery being one of those places. And so in um, 2019, um, my two daughters and I, along with other family members, um, decided to meet up in Columbus, Georgia. Um, it's my hometown. And um, to meet at my, my cousin Sarah's house. Um, and um, at the time, cousin Sarah was about 92 years old. Um, to meet up with her so that she could take us out to Pierce Chapel African Cemetery. The cemetery is the final resting place of my third great-grandparents, Jane Hamilton Hood um, uh, and Owen Hood, both enslaved and um, emancipated in Harris County, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as you can imagine, given the time of their birth um, and uh, their time of transitioning, um, finding records, uh, documentary records of them just being on this earth, walking this green earth, um, were very scarce. Mm. And so um, this cemetery 
um, you know, is important um, because, again, um, that's where they're laid to rest. And it holds so much information um, about, you know, their day-to-day lives, uh, and not just their lives, but the lives of a community um, who um, was integral to the formation of not only Harris County, Georgia, but has connections to the founding of this country. And so it was important for me to take my daughters to Pierce Chapel African Cemetery for mm-hmm. my family, for us to go and retrace the footsteps of my third great grandparents, pay our respect, um, and uh, just commemorate their lives, their contributions, and to see what 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 we could learn about you know about us, our mm-hmm. family. Um, and so yes, that. That's that's how it began for us. That's the backstory, uh, and I'm glad you shared that. Um, so help me help me understand then how you got into this this space, um, this this uh, protecting um, the 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 uh, uh, the cemetery uh, and pre- and preserving that heritage that you spoke about so beautifully. Sure, thank you. So um, you know our frame of reference, what we were envisioning um, as we traveled to Georgia was um, that of a perpetual care cemetery. It's mm-hmm. what we think of, know of in mo- modern day um, sense. We had no um, frame of reference of pre-emancipation burial sites mm-hmm. and the plight of these spaces. Mm-hmm. And so when we arrived to Pierce Chapel African Cemetery with my cousin Sarah, um, she, you know, asked us to stop. She said that we're here and we were just looking at a forested area, you know, on a on a main road. Mm. And so um, I, I thought that maybe she was mistaken because we could clearly see another cemetery um, in plain view that was well cared for. It had signage, a beautiful raw iron fence. You could, you know, you, you could see the cemetery where it began, where 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 it end, ended. Mm-hmm. And so um, when she, you know, was explaining to us, no, the African. Uh, cemetery or African-American cemetery is here, um, we thought, okay, uh, you know, this just doesn't look right. All right, let let, let me me cut in right there (laughs) because I can see where this story is going. As we say around here, this is getting good. So you you pull up to this space and you think that you're in the wrong location because you can see in the offing a beautiful cemetery that's well-preserved and well-manicured and well-kept. This can't be uh, the cemetery that we're headed to, what, this don't even look like a cemetery. I can see the dichotomy. This is getting good. We're going to continue when we come forward with Yamona Pierce's story, and then we'll get to Lisa and Margot. You're listening right now to Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. 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 That's who. The conversation continues right now. We continue our conversation about uh, America's black cemeteries and three black women who are uh, working assiduously to save them, one in Georgia, one in Texas, one in D.C. We're talking right now to the one in Georgia. Her name is Yamona Pierce. Yamona, you were at the point in the story where you and your cousin Sarah had pulled up to the graveyard. Take it away. Yes, and so, again, it wasn't um, what we had envisioned um, as a final resting place of my third great-grandparents. And so, um, as the story goes, we went across the street to the United Methodist Church um, and inquired about the African uh, cemetery, and uh, a young man pulled up in a pickup truck and, um, you know, questioned us. Um, he wanted to, you know, to ask us if we had connections to anyone buried there, um, how did we know about the cemetery, and, um, you know, before before allowing us access 
um, or entry to mm-hmm. the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so, you know, all of that just felt, um, awkward. Um, it was something that I wasn't familiar with, you know, when going to pay your final respects to a beloved family member, um, at a, a cemetery. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, as you know, my daughters were there. Mm-hmm. Um, as, and as we gained access to the cemetery, um, again, it was overgrown. It was um, cluttered with uh, all types of car parts, um, trash, debris. Mm-hmm. Um, we could hardly make our way um, through the cemetery. And the young man who, um, you know, um, opened the, the gate to allow us access was, you know, still still present. And that felt awkward, right? Sure, sure, Going to sure. see your final respects and having someone um Looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Walk, right. Mm-hmm. And so um that experience just changed um my family um forever. We returned home and um were deeply saddened okay. by that experience. Um my daughters were um very saddened by it. And we, we talked about it. And it was just something that we just couldn't let go of. We couldn't forget it. Okay. Um, we couldn't coexist with it. Um, and it just, it, it, it wasn't right. And okay. so we decided to take positive action. I'm going to hold, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold, hold on. I'm going to hold you right there. You I, <laughs> I love this. I love this. I'm going to hold you right there. I'm, I'm going to get to the preservation. We're going to get to what you, what, what you, what you did. I just want to set the stage for what you experienced that got you to the point of realizing that something had to be done. So sit tight for me. I want to move down to Lisa Fager, uh, who's with black Georgetown foundation Inc. And hear her story uh, that motivated her to do something, uh, preserving the, the sacred burial grounds uh, in her neck of the woods. So Lisa, you heard your Mona story. Give me your story, and we'll, I'm going to hold you at the same spot. We'll get to the point where you decided something had to be done, but tell me the backstory about what you experienced that made you realize that you had to get involved. Take it away, Lisa Fager. Okay, well, my story is a little different okay. in that I, I just continued the work that people were doing. Okay. So there there's a whole tribe that, you know, saved the cemetery in uh, 1975. So when, once they saved the cemetery it was a volunteer effort, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, make it look well, but black people had moved out of Georgetown. Mm-hmm. You know, we went from 40% the population in the 1920th century to barely 5% now, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. T- t- so of the word, Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. T- t- tell me more about the specific burial ground. Tell me about the location. Tell me about the burial ground itself that they saved in 1975. Yes. So it's actually two, and they have two different histories. Okay. So the first, the first one uh, is known as Mount Zion Cemetery, but its original name was the Methodist Burying Ground, and it was purchased in 1808 for both white and black parishioners of the Methodist Church, mm-hmm. which was founded in 1772. And so they would uh, bury their enslaved with them, and then later free blacks were also allowed to um, be buried there. The blacks left that church in 1816. They are the oldest black congregation in Washington, D.C., the first black church. Mm-hmm. But they shared the cemetery with the white people until the white cemetery, which is called Oak Hill and mentioned in the article, was uh, founded by William Corcoran. 
and he was a Confederate sympathizer, so it was white only. Mm. Whatever was going on in the Methodist church, the split, uh, they started digging up their white relatives and putting them in white-only cemetery. Um, and several years before that, black women bought a slither that separates both those two, uh, Oak Hill and Mount Zion. So there was a, a group of free black women who could, women at the time, couldn't even purchase property. But you know how black women do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we don't hear no. Ain't no nobody hears no. They, and so they got a black man right. <laughs> to do it for them. Yeah. Um, and so that was in 1842. And these women took care of each other. You paid in. If you got sick, couldn't work, were ill, uh, they took care of your bills. Mm. We already set that system up in 1842. Okay. <laughs> and so. Uh, take, and take, so take, take, that, have... take, take that, Tyler Perry. Take that, Tyler Perry. I digress. Go ahead, Lisa. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So here we are. Now we're <laughs> right beside Oak Hill, who has 22 acres, and we have three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1930, the federal government decides to take a piece of it by eminent domain mm-hmm. to make a horse trail through Rock Creek Park. Mm. We are in Rock Creek Park. Mm. We are in a great section where besides, which was once a plantation home called the Dumbarton House Museum, also headquarters to the Colonial Dames of America. Shout out to them. They have been great neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, but many, um, so, so they took that land and uh, they never disinterred the bodies. There's no records. There's no information nothing. Mm-hmm. So when, when you read in 2021, where I came upon people digging on the land, it wasn't because they were next to our land, because they were, mm-hmm. but technically that used to be our land. Mm-hmm. And we know, we don't know what you did and you don't have any records, even though you would think 1930, not that long ago. Yeah. And we, but we know by the maps in the 1800s that the bodies went all the way to the water. And so here this bike path is, and they dig up, and things that we're finding, they tell us, oh, yeah, that's 19th century, 20th century, but it's it's trash. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm uh, you know right? I'm st- I, you know I'm stuck on. <laughs> I'm listening to this story, and it, it's 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 rich, uh, and I love the story that that Yamona told. I love the story that you're telling. Can't wait to hear Margot's version of her story. But I, I'm stuck, Lisa, on this notion that I heard you say, and I know the audience heard it as well, that these white folk hated black people so much, the disdain for black life and humanity and dignity was so extreme. That I heard you, I thought I heard you say they dug up their dead white relatives to move them to white only cemeteries. Yes, yes, they did. Good lord. Yes, they did. <laughs> and this, but but also one other point to in the, in in this cemetery is that it also it also was part of the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. There is a burial vault that is in the side of the hill. You you literally can't see unless you know where you're going. But you, it is still the You know, white folks, even though we believe uh, George Washington cut down cherry trees and never told a lie, we can't believe that black folks actually had a burying 
holding vault. Uh, but, you know, they came through. They yeah. came through and had to assess it, and they know it was built prior to 1850. You know, William still also wrote about it, mm. uh, and people talking about coming through our cemetery, you know, but, you know, don't believe us. Yeah. Um, but believe our ancestors. And then church itself, Mount Zion Church, has a rich, rich history yes. uh, with being involved in the Underground Railroad. And oh, yeah. so, um, you know, the first black men in Georgetown are buried in there that voted. Um, just amazing people, people who are related to uh, George Washington, Martha Washington, because they were, you know, uh, raped by relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have so many of those side facts, the, the names in black history we should know. Yeah. It's, um, and I'm sorry, let me, let me, let me, let me do this. Um, um, you, you heard a bit of Yamona's story, Yamona Pierce in Georgia. You've heard a bit of Lisa Fager's story in, uh, in DC. Let me head on, just watching my clock here. Let me head on down to Texas now. So I've done Georgia. I've done DC. Let me head down to Texas. We'll talk to Margot Williams, get, get her backstory. And then we'll, we'll advance this conversation talking about the work that all three of them are doing. As I said, um, with regard to these, uh, black cemeteries in this country, uh, to save them, to preserve them. We get to that part, uh, on the backside of this hour, but I want to make uh, some time now, uh, some room for Margot Williams to join the conversation. She's founding president of December of Olivewood Inc. So, Margo, give me the backstory about your cemetery, uh, and we'll again talk about preservation as we move forward. But, but g- give me your backstory, Margo. Take it away. Well, hello. Thank you for um, inviting me onto your show, and I'm very excited to be here this this uh, at this time to um, give some information about Olivewood. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Olivewood, it was um, it was incorporated on November the twenty third, eighteen seventy five, um, ten years after emancipation had came to Texas, and so uh, the Olivewood Cemetery Association filed a domestic uh, nonprofit corporation, and it was approved for the corporation on April the twentieth, eighteen seventy four, mm. and so with the map of Olivewood Cemetery was filed on May the fourth, eighteen eighty one. It was indicated that there were 17 stakeholders who held 21 of the 22 shares. And so they established this cemetery uh, for the African-American community. And uh, again, that was 10 years after emancipation had came to Texas. And so all of it holds those that were enslaved who came through the um the uh the slave uh during the near the slave route mm-hmm. also it holds free men and free women uh that were uh born in Jamaica that were born in Africa um so uh, it was actually mapped for about four hundred and forty four people uh uh burials and at this time through our research, we have found out that there's more, probably more than four thousand burials at that at this time in Olivewood. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, so, hold on, 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 hold on. You said it was it was designed for four hundred and forty four people, but but you discovered yeah. but you discovered that now that there are more than four thousand folk buried there. There are more than, yes, sir. Good lord. Yes. Mm. Yes. So. Um, and it also indicates that before the, it was incorporated, that there was possible burials earlier than the 1875. Mm-hmm. So, 
this all of it is approximately about seven and a half acres worth of burial ground mm-hmm. of green space. And so it is smack dab in the middle of Houston, Texas. You can literally stand in Olive Wood and see downtown Houston, mm. one of the largest cities in the United States. Yeah, and and how has um um how has Olive Olive Wood been respected or regarded or you tell me denied, um, uh, ignored. Just give me some sense of the way Olive Wood have, has been treated or maltreated, as it were, over the years. Well, when my story is similar to Miss Mona, mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather, my great grandparents, Rosa and Stephen, and my some of my uh, uncles are buried there, and some of my grandfathers relatives other relatives are buried there Mm -hmm. and my grandmother she died in 99 and my grandfather died in the 60s -hmm. and i really thought it would be really wonderful for her to share her final resting place on this planet with my grandfather right and through the years i had been hearing from my aunties and my mother and my uncles about olive wood and how they had been trying to preserve olive wood, how they had tried to maintain olive wood, but olive wood was just a jungle. Mm. And I myself could never imagine a jungle in the city of Houston because just like Miss Mona, when I went to funerals, you walked in, the graves were already dug, you placed the bodies there, and you were always able to walk in and visit your ancestors. When we got, my grandmother died, my mother said, I said, I really want to see Olive Wood. And she kept saying, it's, you can't, you can't. And I just could not believe that. So we drove up, we drive up to Olive Wood, and she says, well, welcome to Olive Wood. And I was like, well, where? And she says, there. Mm. And I said, but where? Mm. And she was like, there. <laughs> and the, there's this angel, this beautiful angel in olive wood is the baker's angel and mr baker's angel is almost about two stories high Mm. you could not see the angel you could not see any of the headstones and she kept saying it's back there and i was like well i kept hearing you say that you never people never took really good care of the cemetery and it was overgrown and i was like but why Mm. so uh, let me let, 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 there, let, let me let me cut in right there on that. That's a great place to cut in. But why? <laughs> uh, yeah, I hate to do that, uh, Margo. Forgive me. Watching this clock here. But why? We're gonna pick up on but why when we come forward. Our guests are Yamona Pierce, Lisa Fager, Margo Williams. We're gonna unpack that but why as we continue this dialogue about America's black cemeteries and three black women trying not trying. Uh, the headline says trying to save them. No, they are saving them. Can I just tell you, I love, love, love me some black women. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Rank number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Continuing our dialogue now with these three amazing Amazing sisters, Jamona Pierce, uh, uh, Lisa Fager, and Margot Williams, all three uh, are doing their part to uh, save uh, America's black cemeteries. They all have uh, three uh, very uniquely different stories, but they all... Uh, all roads lead to the same place, that somebody's got to step up and do what needs to be done. Somebody has to assign themselves 
uh, as I like to say, to save these black cemeteries. Margo, let me come back to you right quick uh, before I move to talk about the, the preservation piece of this story. Um, so you pulled up in front of Olivewood, and uh, tell me again what you saw. Um, jungles, jungle, a jungle, mm. just brush and and vines and. Uh, that was it. I, I, never, yeah. I could never see the the cemetery, the physical cemetery, and so therefore my grandmother had to be buried in a different cemetery from her husband. Wow! And so um, I I asked my mom. I said, "But why? Why does this look like this?" And she said, "Well, over the years, even when my grandfather was living." Uh, the community took care of the cemetery. The neighbors took care of it. The people who had uh, family members buried there, they took care of the cemetery. And so they came out of their own pockets to take care of the cemetery. Mm. And uh, after that, through the years, then community came in. Uh, several of the churches, the African-American churches came in, and they hosted days when they uh, would come out and clean the cemetery. But unfortunately, a lot of those people either moved away from the neighborhood or they moved on to their heavenly home yeah. or, you know, or they just couldn't afford to take care of the cemetery anymore. Let me ask you right quick. How, how much did it pain you and your family to have to bury your, 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 your family members apart? It, for me, and uh, for me, it was very heartbreaking. My, uh, I think my mother and them had already come to grips that they probably would never be able to bury in that cemetery again. Right. You know, because nobody was just taking care of it. No, I get it. I get so, it. So, but it was it was just very painful for me to accept that because I just couldn't I just couldn't wrap my mind around something that smack dab in this city yeah. that look like this. No, I get it. You know, nope. and going to other other cemeteries and able to walk in and visit your ancestors. No, I get it. So. Um, all right, so th there, there you have it. The three stories of, of Yamona Pierce, Lisa Fager, Margot Williams, um, about what they saw, what they experienced. And now I want to turn the corner uh, to talking about what needed to be done. And as black women so often do, they assign themselves to get it done. So I got to, I got to manage this clock and watch this time. But Yamona, let me start with you. And I want to go right to the point where you and your daughters were back at home, uh, processing what you had seen, uh, or not seen as it were in Georgia and the decision that was made to do something about it. Tell me that part of the story, Yamona. Sure. So um, when we returned home, we had the conversation with my husband, my daughters, and decided to take positive action. Again, we couldn't coexist with it. We couldn't understand um, how something like this could happen. And, um, you know, again, um, this isn't my, wasn't my background or mm -hmm. my husband's um, cemetery of preservation, but, you know, we are educated, an educated family and decided to use the tools in our toolbox and do the research and see, you know, how to take on a historical preservation project like this. Um, and in doing so, um, we understood that the plight of Pierce Chapel wasn't just unique to Pierce Chapel African Cemetery, but it was the plight of so many other African American cemeteries across this country. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, due to, uh, Pierce Chapel, um, you know, long-term um, inequities, 
um, and disinvestment um, and still being owned by the same plantation family today. Mm. And um, as Margot echoed it, I just want to simply say that the community um, around the cemetery, the African-American community, um, which was thriving um, in Harris County, Georgia, they were the perpetual caretakers as well. But the the Great Migration um, caused a lot of people um, to leave Harris County seeking better lives, better opportunities, more education. And they left. And in doing so, Pierce Chapel African Cemetery was 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 kind of vacated. Sure. Those that remained in the area were then locked out by the the, the landowner, the mm-hmm. same family that owned it yeah. uh, since eighteen since about eighteen um, eighteen twenty nine eighteen thirty. Yeah. And so they were locked out um, and were forbidden to go in and maintain the cemetery. So fast forward, we then started the Hamilton Hood Foundation mm-hmm. um, as a way to raise money um, and to begin the preservation process. And um, thus far, we have laid the, the groundwork um, for doing so. Mm. Um, as you know, we've had um, an, an archaeological survey. We've had uh, mapping done. We've had LIDAR drone technology. We've had cadaver dogs to come out and to identify where um, existing burials are. Mm. Um, and we've also um, started or created a digital um, a, a documentary history. Um, for example, on Ancestry.com, we have a um, tree, a Pierce Chapel African Cemetery tree. I work with a team of genealogists. Um, and so we um, have looked for um, death certificates for those that have them. We, um, um, you know, um, reach out to the community looking for uh, funeral programs, mm. um, traditional oral histories, anything that will give us uh, information as to who uh, is laid to rest at Pierce Chapel African Cemetery. And from there, we um, upload that information into this um, tree, a genealogy tree on Ancestry.com, and then we do a genealogy search coming forward to mm. identify other descendants. Um, and this is connected and, to those. And 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 this is this is not your day job, is it, Yamona Pierce? Well, uh, <laughs> well, guess what, uh, Tavis? It is now. It is now. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess I, I, I work Pierce Chapel um, African Cemetery, the Hamilton Hood Foundation, um, full time. Yeah, uh, it's amazing though. It is amazing listening to you, uh, born of that experience that you had with your family and your cousin uh, Sarah. Of course, Sarah is your cousin; that is family. But it's amazing to hear the story of what you experienced uh, on that trip to Georgia, and how it just animated you and motivated you. You couldn't, you couldn't process, you couldn't shake it loose. Uh, and here you are now doing the work uh, that you are doing, uh, having started this Hamilton Hood Foundation to preserve this particular cemetery. You heard Lisa Ferguson earlier, and I'm going to come right back to Lisa in a moment here. Uh, You heard Lisa Ferguson earlier that um, she is continuing the work that others already started, and yet she's a vital part of this story in the New York Times called America's Black Cemeteries and Three Women trying to save them. Again, I, 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 I'm I deleting uh, the Times. is usually pretty good at headlines. Uh, they use the word, they use the wrong word, trying ain't the right word for that headline. Uh, they are, in fact, saving these cemeteries. And so you hear the great work that Yamona Pierce is doing uh, through the Hamilton Hood Foundation. When we come forward, uh, I'm going to go right, uh, straight to Lisa and let Lisa tell you more about what they're doing with the Black Georgetown Foundation. Uh, and then, of course, we'll wrap this conversation with Margaret Williams and what they're doing specifically with regard to Olive Wood 
in Texas. Uh, again, uh, three beautiful, brilliant, committed black women who I am honored to be talking to right now on Tavis Smiling. Seeking the truth. The truth. Speaking, Speaking the truth. The truth. This, this is the Tavis Smiley, Smiley Show. Smiley Show. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. My time's getting tight, but Lisa Fager, I want to come right to you. Uh, you heard uh, Yamona Pierce um, uh, detail uh, what they're doing through the Hamilton Hood Foundation to preserve this cemetery in Georgia. Tell me about the work that's ongoing to preserve these cemeteries in the in the D.C. area. Uh, yeah, so we're uh, it's a continual fight. Like I said, it's a continuation, and we've been a five hundred one c three since two thousand five. And so, but I'm the first executive director because it is a full time job <laughs> to uh, to to take care of these cemeteries and make sure that people aren't um, exploiting or. Uh, abusing them like we have a continual problem with people and their dogs yet we're right beside Oak Hill Cemetery and you never see anyone take their dog there mm. and so it's a uh, a constant education process for the public uh, we work with programs with many of the schools um, we launched a database uh, that we hope to share with other cemeteries because uh, after emancipation, which is really important for uh, an emphasis that I, I talk about a lot with this cemetery because people talk about Juneteenth, but we in D.C., uh, emancipation happened in 1862 and uh, slave owners were uh, given reparations. So there's a lot of things that we want to make sure that we're learning and sharing in history with our preservation work. So I just want to, I know that you're short on time, but I want to just direct people to the website, which is blackgeorgetown.com. And we have a list of things that we are doing, but we're also mainly volunteer. And so, um, Mm. I am the only staff person, and, and I only get paid when we can pay me. And so I compensate by by consulting for civil rights organizations. And yeah. you of I have actually met before. Sure. And some of the, the other work that I've done around HIV and media um, ownership and other things I have to do in order to take care of the no, ancestors so that— it. I get it. I get it. I can do this. Let, 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 let me let me ask you, and I'm not naive. Asking ask you this question right quick, and I'm not naive in asking it, but I want to just get your 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 take on it right quick, Lisa Fager. And that is why you think there is so little disregard for the sacred nature of black burial grounds. I heard your story earlier about the dogs and how white folk would take their dogs here, but not over there. Why, why is there so little regard for the sacred nature of black burial grounds? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a direct connection of how death represents life. Mm. And, and, and so many of these stories, I mean, what, it's just a complete cycle. I mean, the way that we're treated in life, we're treating in death. And we thought it was going to be so great. And that's what I want to make sure our ancestors live, you know, their final resting place is exactly I mean, can they get a break even in death? Mm, no, I take you. I take your point. Powerful point. Powerful point. When we come forward in our remaining moments, we'll go straight to Margaret Williams uh, down in Texas and talk about what's being done to preserve these sacred burial grounds uh, uh, called Olivewood. We'll do that when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Can you dig it? Come on! He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. 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 
Tavis More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. Just a few minutes left uh, in our dialogue with these uh, three sisters who are doing their part to save these black cemeteries. You heard from Yamona Pierce about what she's doing through the Hamilton Hood Foundation uh, for this cemetery in Georgia. You heard from Lisa Fager about what she's doing through the Black Georgetown Foundation for these cemeteries in the D.C. area. We go now quickly to Margot Williams. And uh, Margot, tell me what's being done to preserve Olive Wood. Well, yes, sir. Well, we're working on maintaining the plants and the brush and all of those things we're working on. It's a very flourishable piece of property, so we're working on sustaining that um, and beating back the brush and the flora. Also, we're educating the public. We think that that's a very important uh, piece of this of, of this uh, project is to educate the public. So we use Olive Wood as an outdoor classroom. Mm. We invite our elementary students, our middle school, our uh, high schoolers, our universities, various universities to come and partake of not only cleaning the cemetery and help maintaining it, but also teaching them about the history because that's a very important thing at this time. Uh, is to teach them about the history and why it's important to maintain and sustain olive wood for not only this generation, but for future generations as well. We're working with the National Trust through the African-American Cultural Heritage Fund. Uh, We've received some funding from them, which was very much needed because there's a big erosion problem. And so if we don't preserve and protect olive wood and get that taken care of, there will be no olive wood to tell the story about. Yeah, Yamona, so. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a quick, uh, one last quick round uh, to all three of you very quickly here. Yamona, I assume uh, that given, as I said earlier, this, uh, this, uh, I, I said earlier, this ain't your day job. You said, well, it is now. Um, I assume though, that there is some joy, um, the, the drama, notwithstanding, there must be some joy, uh, in being able to serve in this way. Yes. But you know what? Yes. Um, Tavis. And I, I just want to, um, quickly just speak to, um, again, one of the biggest successes thus far is the descendants, um, the Hamilton Hood Foundation. Um, were able to, you know, put pressure on Georgia Power and Mediacom mm-hmm. uh, to remove the broadband um, cable lines and power lines out of Pierce Chapel African Cemetery. Yes. Um, that was a historical moment for all of us, yeah. um, was to have the power lines. As you know, it was threatened by um, the, the, um, the, them putting up um, those power lines and going that. in yeah. repeatedly over the years in connection with those power lines and the maintenance of them. Well, so just having them do that. Yeah, but that, that's, that's what I was raising earlier when I, when I said to Lisa, you know, um, I asked her rather, why is there so little regard for the sacred nature of black burial grounds? You got Georgia Power just gallivanting through a burial ground. This is Georgia Power just gallivanting through this uh, through this uh, sacred burial ground as if it, as if there aren't you know there are, there aren't bodies buried there of 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 our ancestors. So I'm glad to hear and I was glad to read about the victory that you had with uh, with Georgia Power and making them get their mind right. Lisa, I just got a matter of seconds here. Um, I assume the same is true for you. There is there is uh, although um you know a challenge every day it's a challenge for compensation for that matter. But there must be some joy in what you're doing, Lisa Fager. Oh, yes. It's it's my passion and my purpose, which is to uh, help black people. Uh, All black lives mattered. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, As we say around here, we're rooting for everybody black. We're rooting for everybody black. Margo Williams, last word to you. Are you hopeful that y'all can get things right at Olive Wood? 
I'm sorry. What? Are, are, are you hopeful that y'all can turn things around at Olivewood? I am. I am so hopeful. Everything is moving in the right directions. And I think what makes my day is that when those 80 and 90 year old ladies come out there or gentlemen come out there and they say, this is the first time in years that I have been able to get through and find the place where my mm. family member is buried. That's what brings me joy. No, that's 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 a great place to end. I can't do it better than that. You can't close the show uh, this hour, that is, of this show any better than that. I think um, we are all deeply uh, indebted to these sisters who are doing the righteous work of protecting and preserving uh, these African-American cemeteries. Yamona Pierce, founder of the Hamilton Hood Foundation, we thank you. Lisa Fager, Black Georgetown Foundation, Inc., we thank you. And Margot Williams, founding president of Descendants of Olivewood, Inc., we thank you for the great work and witness that you are doing on behalf of all of us uh, in the black community. Thank you for your time. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. 